43 whole days since the last sporting event, sports fans. This drought is currently the longest sports drought since the NFL was founded on August 20th, 1960. 59 years, 3 months, and 21 days ago. Some of us have been living our best lives in quarantine, thriving in the relaxation. But us sports fans, we've been sulking in our self-pity. But in just two whole days from now, the drought will be lifted as the NFL draft will officially commence. No, it's not an actual game, but it's something, something to look forward to. No, we won't be able to boo the commissioner, and we won't be able to see what suits players are wearing to the draft, but that doesn't mean sports fans can't unite. Luckily, Braden, Michael, and I are here to break down the 2020 NFL Draft's first round with a mock draft and some potential sleepers. All right, let's do it. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode one of Beyond the Game. I'm Harris Hicks, here with Braden Zimkowski and Michael Luker. Guys, how y'all doing today? Good, you know. I'm excited for the NFL draft. I'm excited to see uh, Tua win the Super Bowl in Miami, you know, just a, just an early bowl prediction. Oh, but, yeah, for sure, just, once picks fly the spoiler. Miami. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. Miami's going, I mean, Miami's going Tua. Tua's going to be the next Tom Brady. It's, you know, it's hand in hand. It's just expected, right? Yeah, Joe Burrow's a bust. You know, it is what it is. Yeah, totally. Bold predictions and bold claims coming early from Michael Luker. So, all right, guys, let's get into it. I will take the first pick because I claimed it. The second pick will go to Luker, and Braden will take the third pick. Sorry, not sorry, Braden. All right, well, with the first pick, since I'm on the board, I will take, well, none other than Joe Burrow. I'm not taking Tua, Michael. Sorry. I think <coughs> Burrow... System QB. <coughs> I think Burrow is better. You know, this is coming from a salty Alabama fan that, you know. Um, technically, I'm an Ole Miss fan, so. Oh, that's even worse. Man, you must be really salty then. LSU uh, blew you all out of the water. I mean, we kept it close, you know. I was just happy that we scored, you know. That's right. So. Positivity. I'm, as a UT fan, I can, I can relate to that standard. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm taking Joe Burrow with the first pick. 5,671 yards passing. That is unreal. 60 touchdowns, six interceptions, and the mobility is there too. 368 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns, 202 passer rating. You think Joe Burrow can't perform in the big stage either? You are wrong. 31 for 49, passing 463 yards, five touchdowns in the national championship game against Clemson. Uh, I compared him to Aaron Rodgers. I'm very high on this man, how he can slip out of pressure, the underrated mobility, the mechanics, uh, the kind of underrated athleticism. Yeah, I'm, I think Burrow's a great fit for a team that needs a quarterback in Cincinnati because the red rifle Andy Dalton is not quite working out. I'm going to be honest here. I, I think a lot oh, of Joe bold Burrow's... Claim. Yeah, bold claim here. I think a lot of Joe Burrow's success came from Joe Brady. Um, because if you look what Burrow did before Joe Brady, 12 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and after Brady, I really think it's Joe Brady. So I think Joe Burrow is a system quarterback. But that's just what I say. Wow, you know, bold claim. Wrong. To be fair, the receivers at LSU did drop a lot of balls before he got there. But, I mean, you know, there's different ways of looking at it. All right. Well, Luker, you got the second pick. Take it away. Yeah, I'm going to go with the consensus number one overall prospect in this draft, regardless of position. Chase Young from Ohio wow. State. He combines elite athleticism with tremendous instincts, and he gets to the quarterback, which he proved last year. 
Um, he had 12 games. He had 16 and a half sacks with Ohio State. And he's going to be the next game-changing disruptor in really any NFL scheme. He, you know, really any NFL scheme. But I think Washington, you know, they're going to take him, bolster that defensive line with Jonathan Allen. I mean, the Redskins have a lot of holes. I mean, where do you start to fill all of those holes? I'd say you start in the D-line. I agree. Chase Young is the best prospect. All right, Braden, you got the third pick. What you got? Um, with the third pick, I think that the Lions will take Jeff Okuda, cornerback of Ohio State. I do see the Lions trading this pick. I don't think that they need the third overall pick, but I have read that this year's uh, draft class will be hard to trade back in. But Okuda is an insane cornerback prospect, um, super athletic. I mean, I really don't have a whole lot of bad things to say about him. Uh, he's one of the most hyped up cornerbacks to be drafted since uh, Jalen Ramsey. So right, right. good things to say about him. And the Lions lost Darius Slay this offseason. So that yep. corner position in Detroit is wide open. Okuda could go in there and immediately be the number one corner. It's a good pick, Braden. I agree. With the fourth pick, the New York Giants, who also have a lot of holes. What else is new? I'm taking Isaiah Simmons with the fourth pick. He's so versatile. 253 tackles for his career, 29 tackles for loss, 11 sacks, five forced fumbles. You name it. He can play any position. The first ever Dick Butkus winner ever for Clemson. He was a unanimous All-American, too. Uh, to me, it's the easy pick. Well, if we're going to talk about easy picks here. I think this one's the easiest, but it might not happen. With the number five pick, the Miami Dolphins are going to select Tua Tungavailoa from some Alabama. Bias. Well, here's my thing. I think that they're going to pass on him and go Justin Herbert with everything I've read online. But I think the best situation for Tua is in Los Angeles with the Chargers. But I've also heard that another team could be trying to trade up for a quarterback. That team is the Atlanta Falcons. I've heard that they're actively trying to trade within the top five to acquire a quarterback, and I would assume that would be Tua. Oh, my goodness. That's a bombshell right there. Yes. I've seen it. I don't know if it'll happen, but I know that they're actively trying to trade up. So I don't know if he could be there. As Braden said, I know Detroit was trying to trade back, so possible suitors right there. But um, I think Miami should take Tua. I don't think they will, though. All right, all right, a bombshell from Michael there. I agree. I think they should take Tua. I think he's the better prospect than Herbert. I think the injury problems are a little bit overrated. I think it's a, a concern, but it's a little overproportionalized. All right, Braden, you got the sixth pick. The LA Chargers are on the clock. Who you got? The quarterback that Michael left, Justin Herbert. The Chargers need a, a quarterback pretty badly. I think right now they're rolling with Tyrod Taylor. They need a quarterback. I don't think that Herbert is deserving of the sixth overall pick. I mean, the dude has a cannon for an arm. From standing, he threw the ball 62 yards with no step or anything, just pure arm strength. Problems with, with him is he's not mobile as he probably needs to be. He's super, like, robotic in his motions, almost like Tom Brady. But, right, I mean, right. he's a big dude, big arm. We'll see. Big guy, 6'5". I don't Another know the exact quarterback. I don't know the exact weight, but I think he's like 230, 240-ish. He's a big guy. Seventh pick for me, speaking of big guys, I'm taking Derek Brown from Auburn. Uh, the Crimson Tide's worst nightmare on the D-line right there. He was an all-SEC student athlete, fun fact. 13 sacks, 170 total tackles, five forced fumbles, SEC defensive player of the year. Rumor has it that Carolina really wants this guy, and I don't blame him. Why pass up this guy? 
he has pretty much every accolade in the book. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. Um, with the number eight pick, the Arizona Cardinals, I'm going to go with the Jedrick Wills offensive tackle out of Alabama. The Cardinals really need to solidify their offensive line. Uh, they acquired DeAndre that's a, Hopkins. That's two Alabama players, Michael. Okay, well, I mean, it, it makes sense here. That's called um, bias. That is bias. I would have picked Makai Becton, but I feel like he's going to fall with all of the drug rumors going around. And Jedrick allowed one sack in his playing time in Alabama, so I think it was like 900-something dropbacks in one sack. You take him um, over big old 6'7", Makai Becton? Well, yeah, I just said because, you know, his drug problems and stuff like that. It's going to scare fair. teams away. Arizona, you know, they solidified their wide receiver position, sadly, to my despise with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Right. Um, they got this their a quarterback. Too. Yeah. How salty can you they, get? You know, I really just hate Bill O'Brien, so I, it's it's whatever. Oh, yeah. As a Titans um, fan, I love the guy. I mean, we still beat y'all last year. Uh, so. one one time. One AFC time. Championship. Yeah, in our yeah, in our second game that we in our second game we played AJ McCarron and all of our backups. So that's true. We let y'all have it's that wild fault, card. Though. It's Bill O'Brien's we, fault. We, we let you have the wild card. Anyways, <laughs> I am going with Jedrick Wills. He's a strong, natural, powerful run blocker, and he has the athletic upside to round into a smooth pass blocker. He could start on the left side, but he could also be dominant from like on. His main position where he's dominant at is the right side of the offensive line. So I think Arizona is going to go with him, solidify their offensive line. And yeah. Right. Okay. I get that. All right. Let's go over to Braden with the ninth pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the board. All right. Braden, what you got? With the ninth pick, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of reaching on a cornerback. I have them taking CJ Henderson of Florida. Wow. Uh, yeah. Henderson, he's a good size for a uh, cornerback, very athletic, needs to work on his tackling a little bit. Right. Jacksonville desperately needs help on the uh, defensive side of the ball and offensive, but right. they have more problems than that right now. He ran a 4-3-9 40-yard dash, did C.J. Henderson. Um, I get it, the tackling isn't great. That's very high. Wow. Um, I had him going at 16. That's crazy. Um, all right, but I get the logic. I get the logic. All right, with the 10th pick, the Cleveland Browns are on the board. Um, rumors say they're shopping Odo Beckham, so they may take a receiver, but I don't have them taking a receiver. I have them taking Kalevon Chesson, best linebacker from LSU, arguably him or Patrick Queen. You can't go wrong. Uh, fun fact, he didn't play varsity high school football until his sophomore, or until his junior year, excuse me. He went with a friend to an LSU camp, and then they saw him and ended up giving him a scholarship. He's just 20 years old, super young, 6'4", 240 pounds, 4'6", 40-yard dash. The proof is in the film. He was excellent this season for LSU. Well, y'all are just going to love what I'm picking at 11. So the New York Jets <laughs> need, a star, need a receiver. And who is the number one receiver in the draft? Jerry Judy from Alabama. No, it's, it's Jerry Judy from Alabama. Um, and I, you know, I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be great, but I think that nod goes to Jerry Judy just because of the elite talent he's faced. You know, Grant Delpit, Christian Fulton at LSU, and he still performed really well. And he plays in the SEC week in and week out. So um, he fits the profile as the number one receiver. Um, he has great route running ability. There's some question with his hands. I think he had like six drops last year, seven drops last year. But, I mean, it's, I mean, the amount of insane catches he had, he has great run after catch uh, ability. And he's going to add on to the uh, Alabama number one receivers with Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley and Leo Jones. So he's going to carry the tradition. 
Uh, it's it's a good pick, I'll admit. Two thousand four hundred seventy-eight yards and twenty-four touchdowns on seventeen yards per catch in the last two years, according to an anonymous scout from the Athletic. Jerry Judy is a quote-unquote can't-miss prospect, saying he has more superstar potential than anyone in the draft. Two 1,000-yard seasons, two 1,010 touchdown seasons. He is the model of consistency. I'd also like to add that Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, and Jerry Judy are all from the Miami area. So, I mean, just the amount. just and I mean, this is off the chart, off point, but... The amount of athletes that Miami has produced, just high school football, I mean, it's insane. So. And it's not just Miami, it's the state of Florida, too. Like, Florida football is serious. Crazy to me. Along with Florida, along with Texas, along with California, man, those states take it seriously. With the 12th pick on the board, the Las Vegas Raiders are on. Uh, Braden, what do you have? I, w- with the 12th pick, will be taking the best wide receiver in the draft class. Wide receiver from Jerry Oklahoma. Jerry Judy has already been to C.D. Oh Lamb. I'm sorry. C.D. Lamb. I sent um, some bitterness from Michael and Brady. Jerry yeah, Judy is already off the board, Brady. You can't select the best receiver. I'm sorry. So, C.D. Lamb. What about Jawan Jennings? I forgot. <laughs> he's I mean, the real blue chip in this. I forgot about him, too. His blazing fast 4 eight forty. Yeah, yeah dude. he's the blue Watching chip. Watching him Tom Brady beat up the, uh, the uh, Vandy running back on the uh, sideline. <laughs> or no, yeah, that was bad, but... That's oh, Bill yeah. O'Brien's I mean, type of prospect right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no question. But anyway, anyway, all right. So, yeah, you took CeeDee Lamb, best receiver it's in the CeeDee Lamb, yeah, yeah. Big guy, uh, huge yards after catch numbers. Um, I mean, he did play against the uh, Big 12 competition, which is not strong as uh, some conferences. But, I mean, he has big play potential. I mean, he had more yards, more touchdowns, and more yards per catch than jerry judy did so it's easy when you don't run the ball one third of your plays and everything i mean come on now okay and you play in the big 12 he also had jalen hurts as as a quarterback compared to uh tua that's true that's true jerry judy also had actually jones for three games yeah yeah but jones had like 600 yards against uh, arkansas it's like a little action going on here i I love me some mac jones you know um all right all right continue all right, well, I'm on I'm on the board with the 13th pick, and the San Francisco 49ers need a receiver. Um, they lost Emmanuel Sanders this offseason. So, without further ado, I'm taking the other Alabama receiver, Henry Ruggs III. 40 catches, 746 yards, and seven touchdowns last season. Not the greatest numbers, but it's more of a proof-is-in-the-tape situation. 4-2-7, 40-yard dash, 41 vertical jump. He was great in high school, too. Five-star recruit coming out. So he has the pedigree. I think he'd fit in perfectly with what San Francisco's offense has to offer. So, yeah, I'm going Henry Ruggs. With the 14th pick, I'm going to go with Makai Becton out of Louisville. Um, I have him as my number seven overall prospect, but I do think he's going to fall a little bit because of his um, drug problem. He failed some tests at the NFL draft. And Tampa Bay, you know, you got to protect your $60 million investment. So what better way to do that than draft a 6'7", 369-pound offensive tackle? Yeah, no, that's a very good point, no question. All right, Braden is on the board with the 15th pick. Denver is picking in this area. Braden, take it away. With the 15th pick, I have the Denver Broncos selecting Tristan Wirfs from Iowa. Uh, Wirfs, big dude. Some scouts have him going as, as high up as number four 
to the uh, Giants, but I'm sure that the uh, Broncos will be happy if he falls to them at a uh, 15. Oh, I get it. The versatility is there for sure. At Iowa, he was very dominant. I, I totally get the pick. Um, 16, uh, Atlanta, I had C.J. Henderson going here. He took my guy, Braden, but I'm going to take Kristen Fulton, the corner from LSU. Obviously, there's so many DBs that come from LSU. Patrick Peterson, Jamal Adams, Eric Reed, you name it, so many. Um, I think Kristen Fulton can continue that legacy of DBU at LSU. I'm taking Kristen Fulton to Atlanta. Okay, next up, with the 17th pick, Michael, you're on the board. The Dallas Cowboys are on. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys really need help in the pass rush area. I'm going to go Javon Kinlaw, a defensive tackle from South Carolina. He knows how to use his size and arms to complement his strength and power. He posted six sacks in 12 games last season with South Carolina. But he also faced some of the toughest offensive lines, Clemson, Alabama. They had a, South Carolina had a really hard schedule last year. They did. And Kinlaw performed really well. So they that's did. very promising. With the 18th pick, the Dolphins are on the board. Braden. I have them selecting Andrew Thomas, offensive lineman from Georgia. Um, He's versatile, can play both sides. Only bad thing that I've read about him is that his footwork was sloppy at times this year. I'm sure, I mean, he's a big dude. He's a solid intangibles. He'll do just fine trying to protect their uh, new franchise quarterback. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the Dolphins have a lot of holes. And if you're drafting a quarterback, obviously you need protection to keep him durable. And yeah, that's that's a good pick. With the 19th pick, Vegas is back on the board. I'm going to have him take the other linebacker from LSU that was all-conference, Patrick Queen. I think the Raiders need a linebacker. Their defense has struggled a little bit. Obviously, they have some holes. But defensively, it's always been an issue. I think Gruden would like Patrick Queen in his system. So I'm going to go Patrick Queen. Uh, Luker, Jacksonville is on the board with the 20th pick. What do you got? Well, you know, they really need a linebacker, so I was going to go with Patrick Queen there. Also, what's, what's with you and all these LSU players? I don't know, man. It just it just kind of happened. I guess they're, they just kind of turned out better than all the Bama players. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. With the 20th pick, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to go with Kenneth Murray, a linebacker from Oklahoma. Um, he's another linebacker in this class who can fly. He has elite speed. He's a great playmaker. I mean, he has solid tackling. So I think he's the you know the solid pick, and they need linebacker help. So right. that's who I'm going to go with at 20. And as a freshman, Kenneth Murray was actually an All-American, which you rarely ever see. So he's been going at it since day one. Um, all right, well, with the 21st pick, the Eagles are on the board, and this pick belongs to Braden. With the 21st pick, I have the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. He's 6'1", has a huge catch radius. He is a consistent route runner. He ran a super fast 40, um, but pro- I mean, but scouts are are saying that uh, he ran faster than, than he plays, and usually in games, he's not as fast. But, I mean, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the Eagles have problems with their receivers and them being consistent with Nelson Aguilar. Uh, dropped some key passes last year. And Jefferson's consistent, QB's best friend kind of guy. 
Right, and his stats out of any receiver in the draft might be the best. 111 catches last year for 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns on just about 14 yards per catch. Yeah, that's a good pick right there. With the 22nd pick, I think the Vikings need a corner here. I have them taking Jalen Johnson from Utah. Last season, he was a first-team All-Pac-12 player, four interceptions, an All-American, 11 passes broken up, also a 3-6 GPA. And he did all of this while playing through a torn labrum. And reportedly, his injury his injury rehab is ahead of schedule. So I think Jalen Johnson can be a heavily underrated pick in this draft. With the 23rd pick, uh, I think the Patriots are going to go with Zach Bond here. He's a smart, motivated player. He comes through with a great technique against the run. Um, he's starting to get more attention for his pass, pass rush repertoire. And his athleticism fuels that. So really, I think he's going to develop into a great pass rusher. And I think he fits uh, Bill Belichick's you know, checklist. Um, he's very smart as well. Um, and I, I just don't think the Patriots are going to go with a quarterback here. Wow. No Jordan Love? Yeah, I, I really don't like Jordan Love as a prospect. Um, you know, I think he's the Josh Allen, but to a lesser degree. I think the Patriots wait to the second or third round to take a quarterback. And I think they could go anywhere from, you know, I've seen them taking Jalen Hurts, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm. I think those are some options for him. I get that. Uh, that's that's a good pick. I get it. Zach Bond is a Wisconsin linebacker, and there's a lineage of those guys performing in the NFL. All right, with the 24th pick, the Saints are on the board. Braden, take it away. This is kind of a, a shocking pick. The uh, Saints are, are a pretty complete team. Um, I mean, maybe a little bit of help needed in the linebacker position, but I think that the Saints could go quarterback. Drew Brees' wow. time's almost up. Taysom Hill wants out. I mean, this might be the time to start grooming a quarterback, and I think that could be Jordan Love. Wow. I did not expect that at all. So you like the potential of Jordan Love despite the 20 touchdowns and 18 interceptions? He had a good combine and uh, his past college you know, stats. He had a fluke of year, I think, but That's true. we'll I see. Only time will tell. Josh Allen had kind of that fluky season as well. I get it. All right. Well, it's my turn. And with the 25th pick, the Vikings are on the board and they traded away Stephon Diggs and they need a receiver. And honestly, I can't believe this guy is still available. Um, I'm taking T Higgins from Clemson, 59 catches, 1,167 yards, 13 touchdowns, 20 yards per catch. He's huge, 6'4", 215 pounds, big playability, no question. There are concerns because he did not show up in the playoff. He had four catches for 33 yards the first game and then three for 52 against LSU in the second game. I think he's potentially the fourth best receiver in this draft in terms of big play potential. And with the lineage of Clemson receivers, Hopkins, Sammy Watkins, etc., I, I don't see how you wouldn't pass up on this pick if you're Minnesota. Yeah, with the 26th pick, I think the Miami Dolphins are going to go safety here. They traded away Micah Fitzpatrick last year, and that's why I think they're going to go with Xavier McKinney, a safety out of Alabama. He's really a complete safety who can get physical in the run game. He can drop back and handle intermediate coverage. The public is probably just rolling their eyes right now at you, Michael. Well, I know, and I would take another Grant Bama Delpit player. Here, but I think Grant Delpit is more of a. I think he's going to be a corner at the next level, and I think Delpit has better. I think Delpit's the better corner, but I think I think McKinney is the best safety in this class. Wow. And uh, Houston should have had that pick, but um, you know we traded for Laramie Tunsil. So that's right. Bill O'Brien came in and preemptive strike. 
All right. Well, with the 27th pick, Braden, you got it. Uh, I have the Seahawks taking Yatur Gross Matos from Penn State. They desperately need a uh, edge rusher after, uh, I mean, we don't know for, for sure, but it does not look like Clowney is really right no one knows what's going on He's in, in his mind um yeah i think like 20 million almost and at penn state gross mottos had a uh, great senior year i think it's time that they choose to move on from clowny i mean you don't have to completely move on but you would feel safer if you have a uh, young player who can take the uh, reins right that's fair um and actually seattle traded down in this pick so maybe this has been scripted and seattle's wanted to take him the whole time who knows and with the 28th pick i have the baltimore ravens taken austin jackson an offensive tackle from usc with them having a mobile quarterback and lamar jackson i don't know if they can protect him a lot for that long so i think they need to draft offensive linemen to prolong the longevity and austin jackson is 6'5 325 pounds and according to larry king he says he has a basketball type quickness and with the quickness and the size that's a nice blend and a rare blend that you find so i'm taking austin jackson at 28 with the 29th pick we have the very own worshipped and beloved tennessee titans michael i know you love the titans so much so try not to contain your excitement what do you got for 29 with the uh, 29th pick i would go with josh jones He's an offensive tackle out of Houston. They lost Jack Conklin in free agency. Jones is a little bit raw, but I think his uh, handwork and footwork, his handwork and footwork um, are both going to need a little bit of refinement, but I think he's going to be really good and solid. I think he's going to be a plug-and-play type guy. So, um, you know, continue to block for Derrick Henry, let him get another, um, you know, rushing title and see where it takes him. Right, right. I mean, I, I can see that fully because, you know, they paid Tannehill a lot of money this offseason. I expect them to pay Henry a lot of money when his franchise tag is up. And getting an offensive lineman makes protection for them. And if you're the, looking for the Titans, you're looking for that longevity to prolong Tannehill and Henry for a long time. All right, with the 30th pick, the Green Bay Packers are on the board. Braden, go for it. With the 30th pick, I have the... Green Bay Packers selecting Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver, Arizona State. Speedy, good hands. Had a ton of yards after the uh, catch. He um, also returned punts and kicks for them. I think this could be one of the biggest steals of the draft. He could potentially be the best wide receiver in this class, I think. So wow. we'll just see. Braden with the bold no. picks. Luca is again dismayed. Stop. (laughs) All right, that's a good point, Braden. With the 31st pick, the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock, and although they led the league in rushing, I think that J.K. Dobbins is too good of a running back to pass up here. He had the most quiet 2,000-yard rushing season I've ever seen, and 300 attempts, 6.7 yards per carry, 21 touchdowns, over 20 receptions in all three seasons, 4,459 total career yards. He had a blazing fast 40 time. Uh, The Niners have rushing, but they don't have a clear number one running back. And they don't have many holes, so I think Dobbins will be the perfect pick here. All right, the last pick in the first round goes to our very own Michael Luker with the Kansas City Chiefs on the board. 
Yeah, with the 32nd pick, I think the Chiefs should go with A.J. Terrell, a cornerback from Clemson. He can cover really anyone, and he's very versatile with his size. Um, he's a really he's really great in man and zone coverage. I, the only other option I think they have is Trevon Diggs, a corner from Alabama. I thought you were going to take on I did, too. I did, too. I was like, he's here. taking Diggs. I watched, I watched Trevon Diggs get absolutely manhandled against LSU. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, like, trucked him about four times. I think Trayvon Diggs is scared of contact. He's a converted wide receiver. Um, that's why I'm going with A.J. Terrell here. Yeah, also the brother of uh, NFL Pro Bowl wide receiver Stephon Diggs, so I get that he's a formerly translated receiver. I see it. I get it, and what you're saying is he's kind of afraid of the big games, which is kind of a concern with the NFL that I talked about a little bit with T. Higgins, but the potential is there. I like your pick with A.J. Terrell. Like you said, the versatility is there. And last but not least, we are going to bring you our sleepers and bust of the 2020 NFL Draft. Braden, I'll let you go first. Who is your sleeper of the 2020 Draft? My sleeper of the Draft recently changed. It was going to be um, Noah Igbenogany, but I'm going to go with A.J. Dillon, running back, Boston College. He's had three straight seasons of 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. He had a really good combine, 131-inch broad jump, 41-inch vertical. And he ran a 4-5-3. It's a pretty good time. With teams trying to find like the next Derrick Henry and like insane athlete, I mean, I think this guy fits the uh, build. I don't think he's quite Derrick Henry. With time and development, this guy is proven in college. He could have a solid NFL career. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. A.J. Dillon has an excellent track record. One of the best backgrounds of running backs in the NFL draft at Boston College. For me, my sleeper is going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from LSU. Standing at a mighty five foot seven. he represents the phrase heart over height. Um, NFL insider Graham Bearfield tweeted, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the best route runner to come into the league since Christian McCaffrey. CMC is a little more versatile, but few backs consistently create separation against linebackers like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 215 carries, an astounding 1,414 yards, 16 touchdowns, and this is the stat that jumped out to me. 55 catches for 453 yards. That's most by any running back in the draft by far. Christian McCaffrey coming out of Stanford had 37 catches for 310 yards. DeAndre Swift is known as a pass catcher, even though he had 24 for 216. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire blows all of them out of the water. And yes, Michael, I know I'm bugging you with all these LSU guys, but I just really like all these guys from LSU, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is one of those guys that I like. All right, Michael, who's your sleeper? Uh, I'm going to go with Terrell Lewis. He's an edge rusher from Alabama. He's had some injury problems throughout his career. He was a, a six-year senior. But whenever he was healthy, he's one of the best pass rushers in the SEC. I think he is one of the best pass rushers in this draft when healthy. Um, he has a lot of potential. And he has really he has natural uh, quickness and he has natural explosiveness. He does he, he needs to put on a little bit of weight. That's one problem that he has, and obviously the injury issues and his pass rushing skills. There his pass rushing skills are great, but there he tends to go to like four moves often, and he needs to you know find help in the pass game with his pass coverage as well. But I think with the right coaching, someone like Bill Belichick, he could be a diamond in the rough. Right, right. Okay, I see you like the potential of him there. Um, let's move on to bust. Um, Braden, you can go first. 
I I hate doing this because I you know love this guy as a person. I'm gonna say Jalen Hurts. He's probably the biggest question mark in this draft because uh, he's boomer bust. But I'm leaning towards bust. Every team right now is trying to find the next Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson and like the next dual threat quarterback. I just don't trust Jalen Hurts' arm. Not saying that he couldn't do it, um, but I'm gonna give you a bonus bust, Jake Fromm. That guy was awful this year. Absolutely awful. I don't understand his motive in wanting to leave. I thought he, he should have given it another year. He was supposed to be a first-round pick coming into this year, but his stock fell after a bad year. His arm looked off all year. Hopefully, I mean, I'm proven wrong, but I don't like Jalen Hurts or Jake Fromm. I think the thing with Jake Fromm is I think a lot of it was his offensive coordinator at Georgia. They ran a very 2009-ish Alabama offense with Greg McElroy and Mark Ingram. And I think that if he was used in the right system, he'd be good. But you're right. I saw, you know, I watched a lot of his games this year, and a lot of it was he had happy feet. And whenever he was throwing and his footwork was just terrible, um, a lot mm-hmm. of throwing off of his back foot and stuff like that, and it was very inaccurate. My bust of this draft is going to be Joe Burrow just because I do not think he will wow. live up to the potential. I don't think he's going to live up to the potential hype that everyone's saying he is and that he did in college. I think losing Joe Brady is going to hurt him a lot. I think he could be a good quarterback, but I don't think he's going to be what anyone thinks he will be. Wow. Bold claim from like Michael there. Elite. Wow. Freezing yeah. cold takes. <clears throat> <laughs> no, I've had so many cold takes. And, you know, it's, just, it's just whatever. You get through it, and this is going to have to be one that you're going to get through because Joe Burrow is going to be a star. But for me, my bust of the year is going to be Jonathan Taylor. I think he has talent. I can get why scouts are high on him. He has a good track record at Wisconsin. The mileage that he has already coming into the NFL, 926 carries in three years. The longevity just isn't going to be there. He did average six yards per carry. He caught 26 passes. I get it. But in his three years in Wisconsin, he fumbled 18 times. That's six fumbles for season, and 15 of those were recovered by the opposing team. He fumbled twice in the Rose Bowl in a big game, and it hasn't improved. He had eight fumbles in 2017 before four and six in 2018 and 2019. So I guess it is improving a little bit, but nonetheless, 18 fumbles in three years. That is a problem. And on that note, our time is up for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to listen next week. For Michael Luker, Braden Sipkowski, and Harris Hicks, this is Beyond the Game.